When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The world is always on. But you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. During Mattress Firm's new bed, new you sale, save up to 50% with Sealy Queen mattresses starting at $349.99. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Hey, Holly. Hey, Dave. How are you today on the What Difference Does It Make podcast? I'm feeling pretty bitching today. How about you? No, oh, you are. Are you are you feeling good after our long road trip to San Diego? Yeah, I'm still feeling a little lost in the 80s. Yeah, well, the reason we went to San Diego was to witness the Lost 80s live show, and that was quite an experience. That was our first road trip, I believe, uh, like an official What Difference Does It Make road trip. It absolutely was. The venue itself was great. Humphreys Concerts by the Bay in beautiful San Diego, California. You wouldn't know that there's a concert venue there, but there is. I've always wanted to see a concert there. I knew it was, it's cool because it's a nice small venue. The sound is great. Yeah, Rod Juarez invited us down to talk to all the bands, talk to the fans, and kind of get a feel of what the Lost 80s Live experience is like. And we did experience it. Have you ever been experienced? (laughs) Are you experienced? Well, we are now. You guys might remember Rob Juarez. He created the Lost 80s Live concept, and this is their 20th anniversary. Rob was a guest on a previous episode. Yeah, he doesn't lie when he tells us how busy he is during the whole production of uh, Lost 80s Live. So we got to see him run around like, uh, what do you run around like? Uh, what's, a what's chicken a- with his head cut off? Yes, there you go. So that was Rob with his, uh, like a chicken with his head cut off. Not only is he organized the whole thing, but he plays drums in Stacey Q's band. So he's up on stage too. Yes, and okay. he has a bobblehead. And he has a t-shirt. He really likes to brand himself. Besides seeing Flock of Seagulls and Wang Chong and English Beach, you can also see Rob Juarez and uh, get get a, uh, a bobblehead of his. He's the MC during the whole show. So that made it kind of fun just to see, hey, look, there's, there's Rob up there. Holly and I were uh, up to the side of the stage and we got the eagle eye view of everything that goes on. It was tremendous fun. So afterwards, they had a meet and greet and we patiently waited and talked with the artists and talked with the fans. After they had talked with the artists, they got to talk to what difference does it make? Lucky them. Part of what made it so enjoyable is that the fans are really, really into it. 
Indeed, and you'll get a sense of that. So why don't we just get right into it? We're going to start it off with, at the very end, running into their van, we were able to capture the Wang Chung boys, Jack Hughes and Nick Feldman, before they left off for uh, their next venture, and uh, kind of get a sense of uh, what the Wang Chung experience is like. So let's get into it on the What Difference Does It Make podcast. Okay, so after we saw you, we just we started... We thought maybe you should be called Jam Chung because you seem to jam it out a little bit. That was really nice. Jam Chung, that's quite good. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is one of the things that we enjoy about touring these days. You know, we, we sort of stretch the songs out a little bit. So especially Fire in the Twilight yeah. and To Live and Die, we sort of like, you know, have solos in them and sort of extend them in ways that they don't extend on the records, you know. Very surprising, but that, that's fine. I mean, in the that's... 80s, you weren't allowed to do that stuff. <laughs> you were not a jam band. No, 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 you weren't. No, it was all very structured in the 80s. But well, it's two different methods. Did, did that help your songwriting to, to keep it structured and tight? Yeah, I think back then it, it was, you know, machines were really coming in, weren't they, to sort of make records and, um, you know, so drum machines and the samplers and all that stuff. And uh, there was a tendency to want to try and make the records, uh, make the live performance like the records, you know. But now I think we have a sense of, like, just reinventing the songs for live performance. It's a different thing, you know. Now we've learned how to play after 40 years. Yeah, well. <laughs> you did a great job. Thank you. <laughs> You've been taking lessons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The fans yeah. seem no, to the, like Yeah, it. they do. It's yeah. a lovely feeling yeah. That, yeah. to get that back from yeah. them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, it's a different sort of time, I think, when you're playing live. You know, With a record, you, you do have to keep things focused, but live, the time passes in a different sort of way, so I think you can do more, extend things more, and people enjoy that. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been great, especially, yeah. I mean, you would think... At an 80s show, they want to keep it tight, but they're, they're letting you expand. Yeah, no, I think so. I think yeah. we just like to bring something different to it, you know, and put a bit of effort in and yeah, yeah. express ourselves a bit. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. These shows, they're, yeah. they're great fun to do, but we're still doing a shorter set. So we still like to sort of inject that bit of extra into even the shorter sets. managed to fit that in we did an hour and a half set that was, that yeah. was great fun. 90 yeah. minutes yeah they wanted 70 but we were so into it that we yeah, just yeah. kept going keep, keep more jamming more jamming yeah, yeah. 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 So it's fish dave matthews and wang chung yeah 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 great the grateful chungs yeah <laughs> i just loved how amenable they were to you renaming them jam chung yeah well i call it as i see it we also had the pleasure of speaking with Jerry Miller of the Untouchables, a L.A. hometown band. L.A. all day, born and raised. Weren't you like the, the band at the Roxy? Were you? Yeah, we were houseband at the Roxy like in 83, 82, something like that. And it was on Wednesday nights and uh, they loved the band. And uh, we would bring in the kids, basically. And the kids would bring scooters. So it was all fancy in front of the Roxy, and they loved it, and that brought, you know, attention to the Roxy, 
definitely brought attention to the band, so they loved it. And we were good kids. Yeah. You know, we looked kind of menacing some of the times, but we were <laughs> you did. great, great kids, and they loved it, and they appreciated it. Emilio Estevez, his brother named Ramon, was actually our first manager. And it just so happened that Emilio was filming this video, and Alan Cox mentioned something about scooters, and Emilio went, my brother manages this band called The Untouchables, they all ride scooters. And it just lined up like that. And uh, it was the first thing we did on tape, you know. Great. Clean living helps, you know. Have you been on a scooter? Have you tried these uh, the scooters on the street now? Oh, Those new scooters? Well, I used to work for Piaggio, so. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so that's a legit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I know new uh, new scooters. I'm, I'm a classic guy myself. And back in the day, we all rode scooters, and I still have a scooter to this day. What do you How have we, now? Yeah. A P200, a good P200. How were you introduced to that life? Or who was riding the scooter that was like, I, I need one of these? Well... Some friends of mine and I that started the band, Clyde, Chucky, and I, we used to ride motocross, dirt bikes, two strokes, you know. When the scooter thing came about, they kind of reminded us of two strokes just to smell and everything and ride them and the sound. So that's what got us into it. But then when we got into the mod scene, that was the mod way to travel. <laughs> and scooters were all fresh and new then. People didn't really know about it. They're all over the place now. But they were a rarity. So you see these seven guys riding around L.A., Southern California, all over the West Side, Beverly Hills, everywhere, beach areas, on these scooters, dressed as mods to the T, parkers and everything. And they would chase us down just trying to, who are you guys? And we loved it, of course. We made it hard for them to catch them, but then eventually we let them catch us. So you were, you were riding them before they became hit? Well, we were the first, some of the first to ride them. I mean, there were a lot of people that rode them with pockets of everything. But we, you know, we had our own pocket in L.A. And we were definitely some of the first to ride them in L.A., if not the first. Let's go to the present. How is, how is the shows today? Is it, is it hard to be the first band, or what, uh, what's your strategy? Um, it's, well, it's where they place us. And, you know, I would love to go on later, but you know what? It is what it is, and I'm just happy that we're here and able to expose ourselves. So actually people are seeing us again, getting reacquainted. Uh, we get new fans. You know, there are people, a lot of people say they never heard of us tonight. And they said, oh, you guys are so good, man. And that's the best feeling, you know, when you still have it. I still have the passion. The band's not original anymore, but... The guys in the band are just like, 
are so great and so understanding and so fun. It was also nice to see that you're still a fan of music. I saw you like watching Dave and just cheering him on. Big inspiration, man, Dave Wakeman, you know? Definitely. Now that I'm older, I understand it all. I'm surprised that the 80s is its own thing, you know? It made its mark and it ain't going anywhere. It's like funk or disco in the 70s or anything. Rock in the 60s, you know what I'm saying? Ah, feels so good. And, and, and I really appreciate these bands more than I did then. Yeah, you know? right, right. I understand it in that musicianship. And the fact that they're still doing it, we're the same people. So Jerry might have talked about a lot about uh, L.A. culture, but we were in San Diego, so it was nice to get a unique San Diego experience from back in the day. This is Pablo Garcia, who loves music from the 80s. How long have you been going to these things? Uh, six years, six years in a row. I, I missed that one with the pandemic, but, but I've been coming every time, every time, and it's great, every great. All I, I, all I can say to Rob here is bring these new wave rock groups. I don't know, they're yeah. doing something, get a little you know, thing together and just get back together. There's always uh, fans, fans, uh, the, the new wave music. Everybody remembers the 80s, the new wave. Uh, everybody remembers the haircuts, uh, dressing up, going to the club and stuff like that. Uh, uh, I'm Mexican-American and, you know, and we always dress up for, for the, I mean, for the songs and stuff like that. I remember, I can tell you stories of high school when my first flat top, I want, oh, I want to be like David Cajan, have the flat top thing. I remember to go to a haircut place and tell the guy, I want my first flat top. I want my flat top with, with my spikes and my hair painted a little bit blonde, you know, the front, stuff like that or whatever. So we oh so it was a dress up. It was, yeah, it was the 80s, the best, the best time in the world of music. That's all I can say. Class of what? Class of high, what high school year? Uh, uh, Southwest High School, class of 1990. 90, all right. 90, yeah, class of 90. But I, I, a little bit back, I can go to my junior high. It's I was okay. listening to all this music. It still there, counts, of course. There was a radio station here in San Diego called 91X, and uh, they used to play all this music. And, and I still remember the late, great Steve West, and, you know, what can I say? My heart bless to him and his family, and he made me a uh, new old music. So it was, a, it was all right. It was great. It was a great time. I, I guess there was a little There's bit of so a format change between 80, 81, 81, 82, where they changed rock and roll to kind of like this, yeah. this obscure music from, that came out from England for bands like The Cure, The Pesh Mode, and stuff like that, and uh, uh, Smiths, uh, Echo and the Bunny Man, all those, you know, new wave obscure right. bands. So yeah. Ska, you know, like reggae, stuff like that. Was, uh, all the music, everybody wanted to be like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. <laughs> I, I wasn't a Ska dancer, but I remember there was a... There was a little dance called the Sky, whatever, where they kind of turn around and look like <laughs> Western. So, so yeah, well, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah, those songs kind of give me back memories. So you found a missing persons fan. Yes, I saw her from behind, and she had a very cool image of Dale Bozzi on her jean jacket. Nice. I love Dale. Actually, um, Dale shout, gave me a shout-out from the stage. That was to you. That was to me. Oh, really yeah. Okay. yeah. Some of these guys I saw at the S Festival in 1982. Class of? High school class 84. So 82, you were 16. How'd you get there? Uh, my boyfriend drove me. Yeah. My mom let me go. I wasn't allowed to go to the first one, but then the second one I was allowed to go to. The big one. Ever. I would have enjoyed it now. Right. But at 16, it was a blast. It was the best. Yeah. Did you get to uh, go to a, a rock festival when you were underage and leave with your boyfriend? <laughs> I did not. Did nah. you? I did, but they were in Canada, and you wouldn't know them, so it was no big deal, you know. And you're such a cliche. <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind of cool to be 16, going to a rock festival with your significant other. That's that's a memorable moment. 
Or anybody for that. That sticks with, yeah, right. That'll stick with you forever. Definitely (laughs) had an impact on her. So we're in the middle of San Diego, our exciting trip, but it's time for a beer break and we will return shortly. shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. During Mattress Firm's new bed, new you sale, save up to 50% with Sealy Queen mattresses starting at $349.99. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Thanks for giving me a moment to pull up my leg warmers. And we're back on the What Difference Does It Make podcast at Lost 80s Live. A lot of the fans dressed up like they would in 1983. Yeah, it was like they were at Camp Beverly Hills and they they got their their stuff. (laughs) Some of them really did it up. There was a dad and a daughter, a young daughter, really cute dressed up. I think they were wearing wigs. It's a family affair, not just in the audience, but on stage. We uh, talked with Bill Wadhams. He is one of the lead singers and uh, originator of the band Animotion. And he had some stories to tell about who exactly was up on stage with the band that night. I am Bill Wadhams from Animotion. So I sang a song of session. I'm here with my band. And tonight my band includes Astrid Kling from England, London, England. But it also includes my son, and our drummer, Jim Blair, who was an original drummer from the 80s, had his son, Wyatt Blair, playing with him. So tonight, a gorgeous night out, and we've got our sons with us, and we're rock and rolling as the sun sets. Do you have, like, the Partridge family on your hands? I guess we do. Yeah. You are obsession. three and four when the song came out and we played at Magic Mountain and they came and my little guys were in the wings and now so many years later he's on stage with me. I can tell you something about obsession that it's not about a man and a woman even though that's what it appears to be on stage. The one thing I've never been romantically entangled with Astrid. She was all the way through our years of recording and touring uh, up until now, she, she was married to the bass player. But then they split up about 10 years ago or something, and that opened the door for my son. But tomorrow night, he's going to be back with us for the first time in 
a long time, and he'll be on stage. My son will also be on stage. But we're it's a it's a peacemaking concert at the Greek Theater. That is so Isn't it? For a while, my son was a member of the band at every show. And he said to me at one point, how did I get fired from this band? And I said it was when you chose to go to a bachelor party on a yacht on the way to Catalina instead, instead of doing the show. And he goes, oh yeah, I remember that. He didn't give me very much notice on that one. But he's back. We can kind of afford to bring him along, then we will. And then this thing tomorrow night is going to be pretty rare because uh, the two of them had a, quite a heavy falling out. But then they've forgiven each other, and this is the first time they'll, they'll be on stage because they have forgiven each other for a rough breakup. Wow. They're not going to tell this story yeah. on stage, yeah. You know what? <laughs> Tonight they actually told us we have some extra time because Naked Eyes, Pete Byrne, did not show. So they said, you've got some time to stretch. So we thought, well, we can either cram in another song or we can talk to the audience. And then we decided to talk to the audience. I'm gushing over it being a family affair with an emotion. You know how I love all the family stuff. So it was uh, extra special, I think, for them all to be up there. So I was watching this fan in the audience. He was obviously a great fan of Stacy Q. And he was interacting with some people, and I was just sort of eavesdropping on them. Turns out he's been a fan since before she was even Stacy Q. And he happened to be interacting with some friends of hers, and they made something very special happen for him. This is Stacy Q fan Frank Kempa. First off, the tickets were a gift for the both of us for our retirements. Oh, congratulations! Yes, and it's a meet and greet, so I was excited about meeting Stacy. But unfortunately, she had a leave. But her friend, who was dancing over here, said that she's gonna get Stacy to come by me, and I was like, "Oh, that's sweet," but I didn't really think it would. And then then it happened, and I was just—I almost passed out. I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> And um, I've been a fan of Stacey Hughes since I was in the military in the 1980s. God, so even before, so when she was SSQ? When, yeah, way back in the 80s when she yeah. first came out with her Better Than Heaven album. Yeah. And I say album because I'm old. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I was like kind of going back and forth about coming, but when they said Stacey Hughes, I was like, okay, I'm coming. <laughs> So what would a party be without the ladies bringing their woo-ness to any festival or party? We all love the woo girls, don't we? <laughs> I love that. Their woo-ness. Let's yeah. talk to them about their woo-ness. How was the evening for you? Absolutely amazing. So much reminiscing. Took us back to high school. Woo! <laughs> all, right. all right. Shout out to class of... 85! <laughs> We had an amazing time. We had a 
a girls' weekend, and she put this on the itinerary, and yes. we had the time for It's our girls' weekend. Yes. Wow. Austin, Pasadena, and San Diego. We had an amazing time. Yeah, we danced the whole time in the aisle. Oh, yeah, she made a playlist of all, all the bands, and we were listening oh, yeah. to it beforehand. For sure. I mean, we had, to, we had to warm up, you know? Yeah. 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 They brought the party. So, of course, we have to wrap up our look at Lost 80s Live with the originator. That was Rob Juarez. As he was running out, ready to go to his next show, we uh, tackled him and just wanted to get a post-game wrap-up from him. How did he look? He looked like he had a very full evening and looked like he was tired and ready for a good night's sleep but still amped at the same time sure he's throwing a party every night and he's the man responsible and so you know he wants to make sure everybody's happy so when we tried to tackle him he's like okay fine these are my last two people i'm gonna have to make happy so uh, i'll give him a little rob juarez so here he is the creator the producer the player the all everything of the lost 80s live show break it down Post-game, post-game wrap-up show. Okay, all right. Tonight was sold out. We had an amazing time. How are you feeling about tonight? How do you feel? Um, I'm feeling tired. <laughs> and four shows in a row, I'm beat. And, and you should be beat, too. Four shows in a row. Kevin Rankin, everybody. Four, four shows in a row. We're tired. We're very tired. Um, I, I wear so many hats because not only do I play, but I produce the event. I own the brand. So I was saying, like, why is he doing yeah, and that's me. And that's me. The fans were amazing. Um, I, what brings it full circle is that we bring up so many memories, a lot of emotion. I think, like when I'm on stage and I'm seeing the, fa- the faces, I see tears. I see people who really love what we do. Um, for me, it's it's emotional because I know I'm doing something that they really appreciate. And um, unfortunately, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but everything comes to an end. And um, we're, we're, we're winding down as we get older. So I'm savoring every magic moment. We'll, we, will, we will be back in San Diego. We're already booked. I can't give the dates, but we're already confirmed. We're sold to Greek tomorrow, but we're already booked at the Greek again for next year. I mean, it's, it's a great tour, but we just have to wind it down because I'm tired. And the, I was the one you were looking forward to was uh, was uh, in Texas. Was that did that live up to your expectations? It was it was bigger and better than I thought. But everything's bigger in Texas. Of course. Yeah, I, I had a great time. It was, it was nice. Um, I could do without the heat. Uh, the, the minute I walked outside, I sweat a man bra. It, it, it was weird. It was it, it's so weird how you know every state just has their own you know magical moments. Like when you go in Texas, there's so much land. The people are so grateful when you come to when you come because they don't get a lot of 80s groups out there. So when this show comes out, it really does well. So we're, we'll, we'll definitely be back. And by the way, thank you for remembering that. Yeah, it was very magical. It led up beyond my expectations. A lot of fans um, donated a lot of money to St. Jude and the JDFR. This was the only meet and greet we did on the tour because of COVID. 
So I think it turned out pretty well. We raised, I believe, a little over $9,000 tonight for the meet and greet. Yay, congratulations. Well, you looked calm the entire night to me. You were, it was, uh, everything looked like it was running smoothly. Congratulations. Well, I had to be on stage and I, I had to do my thing. So, uh, and again, thank you guys for coming out. You know, there's a lot of moving parts as you probably yeah. started witnessing. Yeah. It's not just, hey, we jump on stage and yeah. we do it. No, I got a team of 12 production people. We have a lighting crew. We have a crow's nest, you know. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff going on. And everything's coordinated through walkie-talkies and, you know, when we go on. Wait, we're uh, observing. Yeah, <laughs> so again, some people that don't understand, they go, oh, well, you just, you should, oh my God, what, you, you play in front of people? Well, you should, uh, what, you play, fi- oh, I wish I only had a 15-minute-a-day yeah. job. It's like, whoa. So do you actually think that 15 minutes is what it was? You know, the, you remember that movie called Get Him to the Greek? Yeah. How it took weeks in the making. It takes months in reality. For this show, this show went on sale seven months ago. And there were so many moving parts. We, I mean, we even had a band call it sick due to COVID. Yeah. You know, and there's, and he even said, he said, well, I really don't want to let you down. I'm going to show up and play. I go, no, you're not. Because next thing you know, we're all sick with COVID. So in this hotel down the street. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for having us. That was our lost 80s live adventure. Did you enjoy reliving that experience? Are you asking me if I enjoyed reconnecting with my 80s roots? Sure. How are your 80s roots? Are they holding up? <laughs> my 80s roots are holding up just fine. Yeah, no, everything about that show was fun. Everything. I loved watching how into it the, the audience was and the venue was perfect right over the marina and... It was just, it was a really great night. Thank you to Rob again for having us. Thanks to all the bands. The bands are all very enthusiastic. They love playing for everyone. Sometimes when you think about nostalgic acts, you're like, okay, they're just running through their their songs and can't wait to get off the stage. And we found that was not the case. All the artists we saw truly love playing and, and playing these songs that are that are 40, 50 years old, still enjoying the enthusiastic reception these songs get so many years later. Yeah, it's, it's really nice to see that they're so passionate about it and the appreciation that they have for their fans. Indeed. Okay, so how do they appreciate the What Difference Does It Make podcast? They can appreciate the What Difference Does It Make podcast by checking out our YouTube channel and subscribing at What Difference Does It Make podcast and all our other social media at WDDIM podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, uh, new episodes every Friday, so please subscribe. By the way, we are also a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. So until next week, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.